I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. Joining me today is Lee Ashkenaz, I'm going to pronounce this correctly, Ashkenaz, and her new book is Arletes, Abuelo, and the Message in a Bottle. Lee is a Lee's delightful new children's book, Arletes, Abuelo, and the Message in a Bottle, is a heartwarming tale based on actual events and takes place in Cuba. It revolves around a little girl who has an insatiable love for maps and dreams of exploring different places. Meanwhile, in Northern California, an old man named Steve once had similar aspirations of sailing the world and making friends in foreign lands. The connection between these two strangers, established through a message in a bottle, which Arletus found on her eighth birthday, leads to an inspiring visit and a lasting friendship that broadens their horizons. Welcome to the show, Lee. Nice to have you on today. Thank you so much, Catherine. Okay. Well, as I understand it, this, your book, and I've, you know, in the intro, I talk about what an inspiring book it is and um, the unique relationship between Steve and this little eight-year-old girl. But you had, as I understand it, you had challenges uh, getting the book published and I some did. real, yeah, outrageous, as it's described, rejection reasons. Why would that be? You know, as I'm describing the book, I'm thinking why it would, it would seem like why would you have a big challenge to getting the book published. Okay, so tell us. Yeah, it's funny that you say that because I've been doing, or in the spring last year, I did a lot of author visits, and I recount to inspire the kids, to encourage them to be persistent. I recount a lot of the rejections, and I had one kid in the audience who raised her hand, and she said, what? Were those people crazy? I don't understand. Why did they reject it? Um, but I, it's, I think it has to do less with somewhat with the story, but also just with the cost of producing a children's full color illustrated book makes the small profit margin makes the publishers very conservative. So I was told that the story was too long by some publishers. Then I was that it was too short by other publishers, that it was too short, I should expand it, and it should be a chapter book without pictures. Um, I was told that it was too sophisticated. And again, when I visit the schools, I, when I tell the kids that, I say, I was told it was, it was too sophisticated, too complicated, but did you guys understand this story of a message in a bottle? And they always say, yes, of course. Um, I was told, I guess the most difficult rejection was when I had a publisher who was really interested in the story and said she'd spoken with the whole editorial house and was ready to accept it, but she just needed one change. And that was that I had to make, uh, Steve into a woman because they didn't feel it was safe to have an older man become friends with a young girl, even though it's a friendship with her family. Okay, so and that's a big challenge, I really and I like, want to stop on that one because that is yeah, uh, that's an interesting challenge, I guess. So, how did you respond? I mean, what was you, how did, obviously you didn't change Steve into a woman. So, what did you do, or how did you respond to the publisher? Right. So I said that I really felt 
something that was special about the story was that he was who he was and that that was this man. And I, I said I wasn't comfortable doing that. And then they came back with another option, which was if I couldn't make him into a woman, then I could cut the connection that he had with Arletis and he could go to Cuba and meet her and her family. But instead of really connecting with them, he would just kind of visit her classroom and share his story. And that would be the connection. And I tried it. I I even, I really wanted the story to get out there. So I rewrote it that way. And it just, it didn't ring true to me. It wasn't true. So I I just thanked them, but I, I just kept trying with other publishers. And so this story is based on a true story, is it not? I don't know how close it, yeah. it resembles. Yeah. Yeah. A real story. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, those were the challenges. You obviously overcame them. You've published the book. You've gotten great responses. Um, but the book is, let, let's talk about the overlying uh, themes, I guess. What, 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 what do we learn from the book? I mean, um, your ex- friendship, um, exploring the power of communication, all of those things. And uh, obviously the kids, the children really kind of, they hook into that, right? They, they're, they're very... They um, do. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they like, uh, obviously they like the idea of a message in a bottle because it's like this fantasy that, you know, when I was little, I threw a message in a bottle into a river near where I lived. I think lots of kids and adults have, you know, the fantasy that you might reach out and connect with someone in another world. And I think it beyond it being sort of a fantasy, which in this case it was a reality, it's also um it's also a nice message for our world where there's a lot of strife and a lot of misunderstanding between people from different cultures. And so I really feel like it's an important theme, this idea of connecting with people who are very different from you. And you've connected with Cuba, right? You, as I understand, your first visit to Cuba was what in two thousand, and yes, yeah. Um, I was in two. I was in Cuba in two thousand and three. Oh um, wow! Yeah, mm-hmm. it was great. A, a and, great trip. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. You had a good experience. A great experience. Yeah. But I want to talk about your experience. So, because you, (laughs) (laughs) not mine, but I do, I have made the connection. It was a wonderful experience with the people, everything. Um, I didn't get the opportunity to go back. And as you go, what, you go back almost every year. And, right. Yeah. 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 I, I first went there in 2000. And, yeah, I just, connect it with the people and yes, return almost every year. And almost every time I go back, I mean, I have my core group of friends who are like family, but I also seem to meet someone new every time. And, um, one of my newest, well, a couple years ago, I was in line at the Latin American film festival and an older woman was in front of me and I started talking to her. I said, is this, the film about the documentary about the writer Leonardo Padora, who's a Cuban writer. And she said, no, this is about this. I've never heard of Leonardo. And she was a Cuban woman. And I told her about him. And she said, 
Nancy looked at the schedule and said, oh, no, you're at that theater. And she said, could I come with you? That sounds like an interesting movie. <laughs> so we walked over together. We, we This was uh, four years ago. We're still friends. We're in touch weekly. Um, and when I was last in Cuba uh, earlier this year, I, I had the great opportunity to present my book at the Havana International Book Festival. And I, I made a new friend with someone who was in the audience there, and we went out to coffee afterwards. And um, so, yeah, the connections just seem to expand every time I'm there. Yeah. And it, it's different, well, just in terms of, of getting there, depending on who our present president or government is uh, they sometimes make it yes. difficult to get there other times not so much but exactly. and yeah and and th- i think here in the united states there's this kind of uh, overriding myth that you know cuba's not a good place to go or it's it's uh, you know a scary place to go or it's you know that we shouldn't be in cuba and it, it's so not that <laughs> it's a 180 from that so yeah talk to us about um that attitude, I guess, that that Americans um, feel towards yeah. Cuba, yeah. Yeah, well, I think it's really due to a sort of ignorance due to a lack of information about real life in Cuba. Um, the U.S. media, you know, publishes, basically picks out the most negative aspects and publishes those in or broadcasts them. And my first book, which is for adults, is called Es Cuba, Life and Love on an Illegal Island. And I really wrote that because when I came back from Cuba, I I think I say in the intro to it, people asked me about the Buena Vista Social Club, about cigars, about old American cars. And I felt like that's what people knew, or about communism, and that's all people knew about Cuba. So... I think it, it's just really a lack of information. And so it's really important, I believe, for people who have gone and have a, a deeper connection with the island to come back and to share what they know. And I'm thinking about the children because it always starts, it should start with the children. Um, your book, mm-hmm. uh, help, probably, I'm, gonna, I'm assuming, will help um, uh, help us with that attitude that you just described because the kids will have a different perspective, let's say, than their parents. I mean, if they're in reading your book, um, there's a different message there for the relationship between um, this little girl and, and the, and this old man in uh, living in different countries. Definitely. Definitely. Um, So most, a lot of the schools where I've, presented the book um, were schools, okay, the area I live in, a lot of immigrant communities, Latinos, but I did present at a couple schools that were not like that, one school in a very wealthy neighborhood. And I found it interesting, the kids had all these questions about money. And one kid wanted to know, like a third grader, if our latest family was lower, middle, or upper class. <laughs> And I, I had to explain, you know, the social system in Cuba in that uh, most people have very little. They have just what they need, and you don't have these extremes of wealth that we do in the U.S. 
and you don't have people without houses out in the streets. And if you want to go to university, you don't take out loans. It's free. You go. If you're sick, you don't wonder, well, do I have health insurance? There's no such thing. You go to the hospital, and these kids were amazed. And, you know, they had no idea. And so it it opened their eyes that, oh, gosh, there's another way of living in the world. You know, that's that's an interesting well, this interesting question from a, a fifth grader. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I know. I yeah, was surprised. Was a sophisticated question from a fifth grader. So let's talk about mm-hmm. the story, okay? Because the story, the, the story, mm-hmm. the old man Steve, and mm-hmm. um, and yeah, and Arletus. I mean, talk about their relationship and and the connection and and um, and and all of that, and their ability to communicate with one another. Yeah, they have a really special connection. Steve is a very interesting person. He moved to the town of Sausalito in California, a little bayside town right over the Golden Gate Bridge north of California uh, in the 60s. He was part of the counterculture, and he built himself this little tugboat and worked and lived out of it uh, for nearly 50 years. And he, yeah, he's just a very simple man in a, in all of the best ways, very intellectual, big reader, but he lived a simple lifestyle. He was also a little isolated at the time that he wrote this, that he connected with Arletis. Arletis, was also a little isolated in the fact that her family lives on an island that also is uh, affected by the longest standing embargo in the history of the world at this point. Um, And she lives outside of the capital, hours outside of the capital, and just in a very rural area. And her family only had ever really been on their street. Everything they needed was there. When they took Arletis to the beach on her eighth birthday, that was their first big trip when she found this message in a bottle. So she and Steve were a little cut off um, in some ways. And so their connection, they were both really longing for something that would make their worlds bigger. And um when Steve Steve was able to go out after a couple years, they save up money and uh, catch a flight to Cuba, and um, that really expanded his world. And I, I think had he not been someone who was so cut off from, by choice, but cut off from society in a way, the connection may not have been as meaningful. So your when you decided to or became interested in this story? When was that, and why was that? Yeah, I... So the story happened 20 years ago now, uh, almost to the day. It was July 2003, um, and I learned about it in 2005 when I was working at the Sausalito Public Library, and my first book, my adult book, was about to come out. So all my coworkers knew I was a writer. They knew I had a connection with Cuba. And one of them told me that there was a patron that came into the library regularly and he had his own Cuba story. 
And this coworker thought I should meet him and I should hear it and it would be interesting to me and maybe I'd want to write about it. So that's how I learned about Steve. So, the, oh, that's that that was the beginning. Um, what about, and this is another, you know, because you're going back and forth every year to Cuba, um, mm-hmm. do you, are you able to maintain friendships where the your friends come to the United States as well? Or are you just the one who's doing the visiting? Yeah, no. Because of the embargo and politics, it's extraordinarily difficult for a Cuban to come to visit the U.S. Um, and in past years, since our former president, um, all but shut down the U.S. embassy. Uh, any visas, everything was backlogged, being approved. So um, that's just not not a possibility. Um, so yeah, I mean, in a way, it's an unequal relationship in that way. You know, I all these friends that would love, you know, they shared their worlds with me, um, and I would have loved have the opportunity to show them where I live and to share that as well. But that's just not a possibility. If any, or has anything changed uh, since the, well, it's not so much a new administration anymore, but since the Biden administration in terms of the, our relation right. with Cuba? Yeah. Um, not at all. Not at all, which is ironic. And unfortunate, given that Obama was vice president when, I'm sorry, not about Biden was president when Obama went to Cuba and did make some improvements in their relations. And then they were rolled back in the next U.S. administration. And Biden has not, although one of his campaign promises was that he would change things. Um, no, nothing has gone back to as it was during the Obama years. So, Things are more closed off than they were before. Yeah. So how do you get back and forth? I know in 2003, uh, we mm-hmm. had to, we went on a, an American, it wasn't American Airlines, but a U.S. Airlines, and you had to be a mm-hmm. part of an educational group or an art group, or I forgot what the right. third group was. We were part of an educational group. So um, how does that work today? Is it, is it the same? Yeah, it is a little more open. Some of some of what Obama did has stayed. Um, Obama made it so that you could just go online and buy a ticket with American, United, Southwest. There's about half a dozen, maybe a fewer airlines. And he also he expanded it. it used to be very hard, is it? From the U.S., you could only fly into Havana. And then once you were there, you could get flights elsewhere. He made it so that from the U.S., you could fly into all different cities in Cuba. That's been rolled back. but And it's it's not really known, but you can still go online as an individual and buy a direct flight uh, from Miami, from New Jersey, from New York to Havana. And... Um, once you do that, there's 13 reasons on your ticket that you have to you have to select one of these 13 reasons you're going. Um, but you can go as an individual. Uh, so, and I guess in reality, it's not that difficult. Oh, you, you if you can do that, right? Um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 
And so, okay, what would you say? I mean, is the book for kids? I mean, you've been talking about the kids and the response to the book, or adults as, as well? It's really for both. And I, I can see that when I've presented it at the schools, like the teachers, the adults love the story as well. And it, it really, it's a story about a little girl, and it's a story about an older man. And it actually began as an article for adults. I I wrote and published an article before I had the chance to meet Arletis and her family. I had interviewed Steve, and I, I wrote it from that perspective. So, yeah, I think it's it's really a book that is for all ages. So what would you say the takeaway is for adults, for children? What is our takeaway from the book? Yeah, I would say it's about just the beauty of making connections with people outside of your world, be it from another generation, another culture, another political system, um, and just how it can enrich our lives. You know, it's interesting because I think we, here in the United States, we tend to do just the opposite. We separate the generations. Uh, We have a name for each one of the generations, actually. And, Ah, and, you know, old people don't, yeah, old people don't associate with young people. And, you know, the sort of the underlying an old man with a young woman has all these kind of like creepy, uh, uh, that sort of, yeah, that shouldn't be happening. Um, And then, of course, you're talking about political as well. Uh, So this book, yeah, this book really covers all of that, I would say. Um, which is great. So do you have any kids who say, okay, I want to go to Cuba, or, I, you know, I'm interested, or I'm going to ask my parents, or um, they get really enthusiastic about it, because most of them probably had no idea or have little idea about what it's like in, 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 in Cuba or many foreign countries. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I hope that that does happen. Um, you know, at the very least, now they, the book has a map in it, yeah, I talk about that when I present the book. At least they know where it is, which, you know, as you know, um, people from the U.S. and geography, when I was these kids' age, I, I didn't know what Cuba was. I had no idea where it was. So at least they're, they're getting exposure to a little geography and they're learning something about another culture. And sure, I hope, you know, and not just for Cuba, but I hope that will inspire them to want to learn about all sorts of other places and people and, and have empathy and understanding for different ways of living. Uh, we only have a couple minutes left. So I just want okay. to, oh, yeah, so give us a website, uh, websites we can go to for more information about the book and about you and about your work and maybe about your next book. <laughs> sure, sure. So, um, all right, let me give you the address and then I can, say a tiny bit about that. So the address okay. is just my name. So it's www.lea and then my last name A S like Sam C H A E N like Nancy A S like Sam dot com Lee Ashkenaz 
So on the website, yeah, you can read all different writings of mine. Uh, you can see the original adult article that grew into this book. You can see photos of the real characters, including a photo of Arletis and her, you know, she's now an adult, her two young children holding the book at my book festival presentation earlier this year. And I, yeah, I, I have nothing about a new book on the website yet. I have some ideas and thoughts, books for another children's book and for for adult writing that I want to do, and um, you know, as that gets going, there there will be something on the website about that, but not at the moment. Well, thanks so much for being on the show today, um, at Lee Ashkenaz, our latest Abuelo and the Message in a Bottle. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Catherine. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you've been listening to the Catherine Zox Show. Mm-hmm. 